Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Tonight's class is called Reciprocating Love, the second type, part two, just because if you remember, we learned previously about the love that we naturally should have for Hashem because of the fact that he took us out of Egypt. And he took us in the lowest place on earth and he brought us into his palace and he embraced us and kissed us. That was the first type of love we spoke about, the reciprocating love. But now we're in chapter 48 of Tanya. And Tanya is telling us another way that Hashem shows us his love and, we, and because of that, how we need to reciprocate back the love to him. And in order to understand this, We've begun to talk about how, what it takes for Hashem to create the world. What, what, what was needed in order for Hashem to make this world happen? And we spoke about the tzimtzum, the idea of contraction, taking something and not making it smaller by cause and effect because to go from infinite to finite there's not enough cause and effect to make it happen. Remember, $1 is still close to a billion. You're on your way to a billion. Finite, you're never on your way to infinite. They're too there to separate tracks. So we discussed the need for symptoms, for there to be a contraction, a concealment of light. And we this started talking about, and that's what we're going to talk about primarily tonight, the idea of there being two methods that Hashem interacts with us. One method where Hashem is revealing himself to us, and that's a limited method. It's a limited amount of energy we get, and therefore we think, I am a human being. I'm an individual. As Paro was able to say, King Paro, he said, I need the Afioid. I am everything. I am myself. There's nobody else. That is coming because Hashem creates the world with a power that's revealed from Hashem is extremely minute and limited. And then there is a level of Hashem that's infinite, but that's concealed within us. Before we go ahead, any questions, comments, concerns? Take it as a no. Good. So tonight we're going to be talking about this idea that Hashem in His infinite greatness is everywhere but concealed. Dr. Malov. When I tell you Hashem is everywhere but concealed, I'm, you know what? This is a, a challenge. And if you give me the right word, we're going to choose this word. The challenge is find a word that's going to describe something that is completely encompassing but not revealed within it. You, could you do it in Hebrew or in English? I want you to find a word that is going to describe something that is fully is fully within but truly concealed. Mm. 
Ainsof? <laughs> Ainsof. Ainsof means limitless for sure. You know, I think if perhaps I wasn't being clear. The, the challenge we're having here is if we use the word that Hashem is, if we're going to say that Hashem is permeating um, internally everything, naturally, the, okay, what's the problem with saying Hashem is permeating you internally? The infinite light of Hashem is permeating you internally. The problem is that then you're saying Hashem is broken up according to your insight. When you say something is internal, generally the word panimi means that each part of your body has gotten what they need. If you say I've internalized something, that normally means that you've broken it up in a way that now it's become a part of you in the way you are. To say that I've internalized the infinite essence of Hashem, that's impossible. You can't internalize it because w w being a finite being, we have, w there's no way we could even come to any revealed connection. So to say that Hashem in His infinite greatness is internal, it wouldn't come across correctly. So how could we find a term that's going to describe how Hashem is everywhere but he's not there in an internal way in other words he's not there in a way that he's revealed on your level dr malov is, is the question i'm presenting clear i'm a comb say it again i'm a comb i'm the place the place that's one of the ways the medrash refers to hashem good good true the place but I want to tell you the wording that Kabbalah uses. And I, and I asked the question in order for us to better appreciate why Kabbalah uses the word Hashem is surrounds us. You see, because surrounding also has a weird connotation. Surrounding, often you think, if you surround something, you're surrounding it, but you're not a part of it. If you're surrounding a tomato, you're not a part of the tomato. If you, lay, if you surround a city, you're not a part of the city. So seemingly the terms that Hashem surrounds everything actually means that he, if I say Hashem is surrounding Gershon, that doesn't sound the best. It sounds like he's surrounding you, but he's not within you. But, we view, but Kabbalah uses the word surrounding intentionally because surrounding actually could also mean a part of it. Let me give you, let me give you an example. The example Kabbalah is going to give. L'chaim, l'chaim. What's the example Kabbalah gives? Kabbalah shares that Okay, I'm going to instead of me giving the example, I'm going to ask you to give the example. Could someone here jump in and share a memory they have and when they think of that memory, it's as if they are there at that moment. Can anyone share a memory that, you know, you know those memories like, I remember exactly where I was. And anyone? I'd love to hear the memory that you could share with us. Hopefully, but only a positive one at the moment. 
Okay, Mark, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on you if I can. Could you share a memory that comes to mind that you just remember every detail of it? Yeah, um, I think um, you know that that divergent path, and you and I have talked about it. Was you know when I was living in London, and and the point out where. Um, I feel like Hashem guided me to, to the to the Jewish path. So, Mark, I'd like you to take that story and pick a specific moment, a specific thirty seconds, and try and describe it within thirty seconds. So, I want you to just take any time any time period within that area you're within the, that time you're saying, and like describe the shoes you were wearing, whatever you remember. Give us some detail. So. I walked, I walked out of the subway, the, the tube station in London, and I was walking up the street after leaving a job that I didn't like, feeling, feeling very dejected with no money and no job and didn't know where I was going. And a couple of guys walked down the street and one of them asked me about my shoes, that he recognized that you could only get them in South Africa. And we started a dialogue and through that dialogue, I met his boss who offered me a job who was a, a frimmer as was a person working for him. And in London got connected through these two guys to my Judaism. So Mark, the, the Hashkacha process within it is something we'll bring about at another occasion. But what I wanted to point out is, could you say about that moment in time, do you remember it like yesterday with this detail? Like, could you say it, the picture is fully in your mind? Would that be a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. So, so the expression that people use for that is that I have my mind has completely grasped it. Is that a fair expression we use in today's terminology? I've grasped. Now, when embraced you say it. the word, say it again. I've embraced it. It was that memory. I've embraced it. Yes. Now, does that mean you're only surrounding it, or does that mean you've internalized it? I've internalized it. It's part of, it's part of me. Ah. So your mind, we use the word surrounding when we want to talk about something that our mind has grasped. And that is the prime example. When we talk about Hashem being everywhere, Hashem's thought, because we're talking about Hashem's thought, Hashem's chachma, Hashem's in, Hashem's thought, Hashem's thought fully grasps everything. He surrounds it. Not, we're not saying surrounds it that he's only surrounding. You know what we're saying? He's surrounding it completely. He's, he's completely one with it, but he hasn't been affected by it. Remember, we're talking about the infinite level of Hashem. So when we say the word surrounding, just like when Mark remembers the shoes that he was wearing, when he was asked about the boots he was wearing, he's completely surrounded that idea. And But your mind, though, your mind does not change the event. Your mind, but your mind is fully one with the event. Hashem's thought is fully one with everything, completely a part of it. And therefore, we use the word surround. Because we want to express that Hashem's mind is not being 
affected by this thought. That's the level of Hashem that's internal. But the level of Hashem that's that makis, surrounding, the infinite level of Hashem is fully one with it, but he's surrounding it in the sense that he's not broken apart into levels. Let me repeat that in a, in a very short summary. There's two levels of Hashem. There is a level of Hashem that is a pnimi. It goes intern. It's revealed internally inside of everything, and therefore it's broken up. It's broken up according to Moshe Mendel. I see on I see on the screen your beautiful, your your handsome face, and the eyes of of your face are inspired by a specific energy by Hashem. Moshe Mendel that is broken up according to the energy of your eyes, and Moshe Mendel your nose and your mouth. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry for picking on you. Everybody, I can talk about myself, my face. Not how handsome I am. That's just that's only certain people. But everybody's face, every but every item, the spoon I have here and the toy I have, each item has its own individual energy. That's called panini internal. It's broken up according to each item. Then we have the level of Hashem, which is infinite, and the infinite it's not broken up uniquely according to each item, and for that we use the word surrounding, because. Like in your mind, you completely are surrounding, you're encompassed, but you're one with the item. But you're not changing according to the item. So to the internal level of Hashem, it's completely one with the item, but it's not changing according to it. If you know how to use your Zoom, I'd love if you give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down if it's clear. Okay. If you don't know how, you can just give me a thumbs up in your, in your... Rabbi, can I ask a quick question? Yes. For clarification. So yes. you, you, you used the word permeate before. And then yeah. you said it's not permeate, and, and it is the reason that it's not permeate is because if, if you use the word permeate, then Hashem could be affected. But, but you're saying with the word surround, Hashem is in effect in everything. I, I, I apologize. I need to jump in. If I, if I said it's not the word permeate, it's a mistake. Both levels of Hashem permeate everything. Okay. The word I meant to use was internalized. Internalized. If you say that something is internal, that means it's a part of you according to the makeup of your body. There's a specific energy for your nose, a specific energy for your, for your eyes. That's what internalized means. I've internalized it. I've eaten it. It's become a part of me. We can't say that about the infinite level of Hashem that is not revealed. It's not revealed within us. Permeate is an appropriate term. Right? Yes, yes. Both levels permeate you. Okay. Permeate in the sense that they're within you. How, yes. how, do you. how do you say permeate in Hebrew, or is there not such a word? I've never heard of a word like that. Or I'll I'll look it up. <laughs> Google Translate and see what it comes up with. Yeah. You could do Google Translate. Um, I'd, I'd, just, I'd like to know what that is. I'm going to look at it, but I shouldn't stop. You no, know, we're going to, I believe we'll find a word soon in the Tanya. Okay. That, that will qualify for that. Okay. Page in the Tanya, if you have a red tie, if you have a Tanya, we're on page 252 in the Tanya, right-hand column. If you don't have a, the, the Tanya in front of you, the link is in the email you could join us. On page 252, in the middle of, page, of chapter 48, on the right-hand column, so indeed. 
just like just like number one is connected to one billion and one trillion. However, the finite has no connection to the infinite. One dollar has a connection to trillion. But the finite doesn't even have the connection of one dollar to a trillion to the infinite. So indeed it is a quality of contracted illumination which informs the higher and lower world. Acting in them and animating them. The energy that is contracted, the moment the energy has come through a contraction, that energy is compared with the quality of the hidden and concealed light that is of an infinite order and does not close itself or exercise its influence in the world. The energy that comes into the world in a contracted way has no connection whatsoever, not even the connection of one to a trillion to the infinite light that comes into the world to animate them in a revealed way, it, it does not come. The hidden, the hidden energy does not come to reveal itself in a, in, to, to animate the world in a revealed way, rather, but it encompasses them from above. It's called Soved Kolalmi. These are the Kabbalistic terms. Remember this term, Soved, like Sivivon. What's a Sivivon? Dreidel. A dreidel. Why is it called? Why is a dreidel called a civi bone? Because it spins around. Because it spins. So Sovet, Kol Alman, the higher level, the infinite level of Hashem, is called surrounding all worlds, encompassing them. Now, here comes Tanya saying, God forbid, we're not saying it encompasses the world, but it doesn't permeate the world. No, no, no. It also permeates the world. It's not revealed within them. Here goes Tanya. The meaning of this is not that it encircles and encompasses from above spatially, God forbid. God forbid. We're not saying that it's encompassing. How do we know, by the way? Certain spiritual matters, the category of space is in no way applicable. You can't even say that the energy only surrounds, but doesn't, if it's there, it's there. But the meaning is that it encircles and encompasses from above insofar as a so-called revealed influence is concerned. The energy is, con is encircled. The energy is encompassing regarding its revelation. And here clarifies Tanya. For influence, which is in the category of revelation in the world, if the energy is revealed, it's called investiture. It's called panini. Or sorry, to use the words of Tanya here, it's called halbasha. Halbasha is an incredible word, being closed. Your body is enclosed inside of your clothing. Your clothing fits your body. Your clothing is not finite. If you were, if you, is not infinite. If you wore infinite clothing, it wouldn't fit you. We'd have a little bit of a problem. And you know what? That wouldn't be healthy. You wouldn't be tenis. You wouldn't be modern. So we need the limited energy. Again, it's called clothing. Within the world, for the influence that they receive, is clothed and comprehended by them. 
So the level of Hashem that comes within each creation, that that level is called it's called Halbasha. It's enclosing. Whereas the influence which does not come within the category of revelation but remains in occupation and concealment and is not apprehended by the world is not being described as invested, no. But as encircling as in, and encompassing. So when we talk about the energy of Hashem that's infinite, Gershon, where is the infinite energy more? In the higher world, the world of Atsilos, or in the lower world, the world of Asiya? Where is the infinite level of Hashem more? In, uh, in Atsilos. In Atsilos. Why in Atsilos? That's, that's the, isn't that the higher level? Because Correct, that, but it's the infinite, but we're talking, but the question was, where is the infinite level of Hashem more? Oh, the infinite level of Hashem is everywhere. Exactly. The infinite level of Hashem is not anywhere more. But it's not revealed in the lower world. True, it's, true, true. But here comes, this is actually a core belief that each Jew has an infinite part of Hashem, and therefore it doesn't matter who the Jew is, it doesn't matter... He has a part of Hashem on the highest level. Every every entity in the world has a level has a part of Hashem that those completely concealed. Now, the lower the worlds go, the lower the revealed energy is going to be. That's what we say now. Therefore, since the worlds belong in the order of the finite and limited, it follows that only an extremely minute and contracted reflection of the flow of the light of the holiness of the angel, blessed is he, closes and reveals itself in them in revealed form. A very, very limited amount of energy. And this only to animate them in a finite and limited state. The reason for this creation is to create a world that is finite and limited. But the principal life, without contraction to such an extent, is called makif, circular and Soviet encompassing, since its influence is not revealed within them in as much as they belong in the order of the finite in the limit. Uh, Darshan, you have a question? No, I think I understand a little better now. Oh, you see, the holy words of Tanya are the best explanation. So I have a question. Why do we need both energies? Why do we need the infinite and the finite energy within us? Maishamanda, why do we need both? Why isn't one enough? Both. Both what? I'm sorry, I didn't. The question is, why does Hashem need to create everything? with both an infinite and finite energy. Why can't he only use one of the two? Because, because we, we, we can't comprehend, or can't easily comprehend infinite energy. Okay, so just use finite energy. So why, do we need the, why do we need the infinite energy? Because they counterbalance each other. 
explain? Thank you, Mark. Because if you just had one, you'd be totally off balance. But because you have both working at the same time, they kind of balance you out like the yin and the yang. So that, that's a fair point. They balance out each other, but I'm going to add to it, Mark. What I'm going to add is creation cannot happen without the infinite. And creation is continuous. The continuous creation of the world and everything inside of it could only come from the infinite. Only the infinite could create something from nothing. But the ability for the limited creations to look at themselves as an entity can only come from the finite. If we only had the infinite energy, everything would be infinite. If we only had the finite energy, there would be no creation. So we need, like you said, Mark, the yin and the yang. Okay. So now, Tanya's going to give an example, like we just said of a person that's thinking. To illustrate this point, consider this material world. Even though the whole world is full of his glory, namely the light of the angel, blessed is he, the whole world is full of Hashem's glory. How do I know this? Well, I have to look in the Torah, and the Torah tells me as it's written. Do not I fill heaven and earth, says the Lord. I fill the whole world. Aha. Hashem fills the whole world. But nevertheless, only a very small vitality of the category of an animate and vegetable world is clothed therein in the form of revealed influence. So the ability to have a rock, the ability to have a, a, a paper bowl cannot come from the infinite light. This comes from the limited light. While all the light of the ain't so blessed as he is termed as encompassing it. Even though, as we said, it's not encompassing, it's not only surrounding, even though it actually pervades it. So why, if its influence is pervading it, if the influence is permeating it, so why are we calling it encompassing? Since influence is no more revealed in it, but is active in it in a hidden and concealed manner. And any influence of a concealed nature is referred to as encircling from above. Ah. So if something is concealed within, we call it encircling. Encircling. Why? For the hidden world is on a higher plane than the revealed world. Something that we can't understand, or, or I shouldn't say can't understand, something that is concealed, godliness that is concealed, is greater than godliness that is revealed. The reason we can't see godliness is not because it's lower, because it's greater. So something, so the hidden world is on a higher plane than the revealed world. Okay, so now Tanya's gonna go ahead and give us an example from a man. I have a question, I'm just curious. How's my sound now? 
pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay. Okay. Let us make it more intelligible, intelligible by means of an example. And this was the example we used before of Mark and his shoes. When a man forms an image in his mind of something that he has seen or sees, although the entire body and essence of that being, both its exterior and interior and its very core, are completely mirrored in his mind and thought, for he has seen it or is seeing it in its, in its entirety. So you go to the White House and you've, you fully see it. You see Niagara Falls and it's completely one in your mind. What's the wording we say? This is expressed by saying that his mind encompasses that object completely. And that thing is enveloped in his mind and thought. But it is not encompassed in actual facts, only in the imagination of the man's thought and mind. So when someone has grasped something in their mind, the terminology we use is he's completely encompassed it, he's completely surrounded it. However, the item that you're surrounding is not in your mind. The shoes that, that Mark is thinking about are not in his mind at this moment. I hope they're not. Up. So when we think about something and we surround it, we're just surrounding our thoughts. We're not surrounding the actual item. But Tanya continues. However, Hashem, when he thinks about something, he's, he's actually surrounding, he's actually permeating that exact item. The Holy One, blessed is he, however, of whom it is written, from my thoughts are not your thoughts. Surely his thought and mind, knowing all created things, encompasses each and every created being from its beginning to its end and its inside and very core, all in actual reality. So when Hashem when we say that Hashem is thinking about something, he's surrounding it. He's not surrounding it like we surround it, where we're just surrounding a thought. Hashem is actually surrounding it. Could you imagine, just imagine this. Imagine if when you thought about your child, you actually were surrounding your child. We wouldn't need a GPS anymore. We'd have no worry. We'd be right there. When Hashem says he's thinking about you, he's not thinking about you. You know, people say, oh, I'm thinking about you. And then you just go to sleep and you forget about them. No, when Hashem says he's thinking about you, he's not only, he, he's one with you at that moment. Incredible thought. Again, let me repeat that thought. When Hashem thinks about us, which he does, he tells us he does, it's not that he's far away in Australia and thinking about us in America. It means that Hashem is with us on whatever street we may be in, in Rhododendron, in Portland, wherever you may be, Hashem is there with you, surrounding you at that moment. For example, so Tanya is going to continue in the example. Tanya said, for a human, that you surround something, but you're not fully there. However, Tanya is going to say about Hashem, when Hashem is thinking, is thinking about the earth, he's not thinking about it. Hashem is, and, and just, oh, the earth is there. You know, like a space station. From the space station, we have pictures that the astronauts take of the of Earth. So sometimes, actually, when people discuss Hashem thinking about the Earth, they even use these pictures. It's like Hashem is on the space station and he's watching us. No, 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 no. False information. Fake news. 
Hashem, when he's thinking about us, he's there with us, he's here with us at this very moment. For example, we're on page 256, left-hand column at the time. For example, in the case of the orb of this earth, his knowledge, blessed be he, encompasses the entire diameter of the globe of the earth, together with all that is in it and its deepest interior to its lowest depths, all in actual reality, right? There was a race at some, some years ago between Russia and others. Who could dig to the core? Who could dig the deepest in the earth? Whoever's going to dig deeper, ultimately Hashem is, is everywhere. Why? For this knowledge, when we say Hashem knows this world, the knowledge constitutes the vitality of the whole spherical thickness of the earth and its creation ex nihilo. When we say that Hashem knows, thinks about the world, that, that thinking about the world is the energy that creates the world. However, like I said earlier, the infinite life cannot create this finite world. However, it would not have come into being as it is now as a finite and limited thing. With an, exceeding, with an exceedingly minute vitality sufficient to the categories of inorganic matter and vegetation, were not for the many powerful contractions which have condensed the light and vitality that is closed in the orb of the earth so as to animate it and sustain it in its finite and limited status, and the categories of inorganic and vegetable matter alone. So if Hashem just create, if Hashem just created a world with the finite, we would have no world because creation can happen without the infinite. If only the infinite created the world, we wouldn't have the physical wrath. So if there was no finite world, when I look at Morabasha's background, I wouldn't see a house. I wouldn't see Morabasha. I wouldn't see Dr. Malov's filing cabinet. You know what I would see? I would just see incredible godly light. And we would all be floating in this energy. So we need the infinite and finite world. Mm. And Tani is going to conclude this chapter by saying that, as we said earlier, Hashem is everywhere. And Hashem's knowledge does not only surround the world like we said earlier, but it permeates it, but it's not revealed within. Let's see that inside. But his knowledge, not like our knowledge that we surround some, but we're just surrounding our own thoughts. We're not surrounding Niagara Falls. Hashem, his knowledge surrounds Niagara Falls. But his knowledge, blessed be he, which is united with his essence and being. For he is the knowledge of nowhere and the known. And knowing himself as a word, Hashem is the knowledge. When you learn something, you're learning about Hashem. Hashem is the knower. Hashem is knowing the knowledge and the known. So he knows all created things. Hashem knows everything. But now it's a knowledge that is external to himself. It's a knowledge of a human being. So when we think, even if we could surround, even if Mark was able to surround his boots, it would be Mark and his boots. We wouldn't say Mark the, the boots. However, Hashem 
like the knowledge of a human being, for all of them, the created things are derived from the truth of his being, blessed be he. Everything is created from Hashem and is one with Hashem. So when Hashem surrounds a human, Hashem is not surrounding something else. Now, now inside of Hashem's brain, there's a human, no way. Because Hashem is a human. Hashem is one with everything. And this is something that is not within the power of human beings to comprehend clearly and so forth. So don't come and challenge me now that it doesn't make sense that Hashem is everything and surround everything because I can't explain it. And if I told you I could explain it, you'd fire me because I can't explain it. And so, okay. So this knowledge that Hashem has the knowledge of Hashem since it and and that is the energy that creates the world, the infinite level, since it is of an infinite order, is not described as closing itself in the orbit of the earth, which is finite and limited, but as encircling and encompassing. So as you, we mentioned, the energy that is revealed within something is called enclosing within it, halbasha. But the energy to create the orb of the earth, even though it permeates the world, is not considered enclosed, enclosed within it because it's not revealed within it. Although this knowledge embraces this entire sickness and interior in actual reality, thus giving it existence back in the heel as it was explained elsewhere. So the chapter has concluded that the infinite level of Hashem is everywhere, but we call it encircling because it's not revealed everywhere. So Dr. Malov, there's a level of Hashem that's encircling your glasses at this moment. But really, Hashem is in your glasses, but we're calling it circling your glasses because it's not revealed within your glasses. Any questions or comments? Um, Rabbi, can I just make one, I guess one question? Please. Um, For some reason, I lost the screen, but that's okay. Um, So... I'm, I'm just struggling with one concept. So the amount of revealed light that makes it through, um, even though Hashem is infinite, the light is all, the purpose of the small amount of light that makes it through to our world is only there to to animate the, the fi- our finite world. Is that true? True. It's true. Yes. Yeah. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. So, on one hand, Hashem is infinite. No, actually, I need, I need to clarify. Thank you. The finite energy is not here to animate the world. The animation comes from the infinite energy. Right, but the, 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 okay, the revealed light is, is only enough to animate the finite world. Is that what it is? The revealed light What's that? What does the revealed light do? The revealed light conceals so much ungodliness, but it gives us at least the energy to be to to. to ha- well, okay, good question. Gershon is saying, "What's with the revealed light?" I want to tell you, we're actually going to learn Gershon in a later chapter. Inanimate ob- in, in objects have no revealed godliness within them. Okay. When you look at a rock, there is no revealed energy within it. 
all of the godliness that is in the rock, all of, that can be revealed is fully concealed. Fully concealed. The fact that when I look at a human, I see godliness. There's a natural godliness within it. The fact that I'm seeing life, that's godliness. But it's a limited amount of godliness. It's so limited that I'm seeing a, a physical being. And I'm seeing a physical being that could even think that they are an individual. Well, they would think that they're an individual because the amount of real revealed light is so small, they don't have that knowledge to exactly. realize that, that they're not finite. Exactly. So, Gareth, now I want you to rephrase your question and see if you could answer it. I should rephrase it? Yeah, and try and answer it. Oh, boy. Um, the shame is infinite, but the, but the revealed light is, is so small that it, it's only enough to animate the finiteness of, of us all and uh, of the world. Because if it was any more than that, we, we might not be, we wouldn't even see ourselves as individuals, right? We'd think we were oh. part of the infinite. Oh. Oh, yeah. Now, does that make sense, Gershon? More or less, I'll steady up on it a little bit more. I'll just, I'll just take a step further to so the question is, according to what you're saying, why do we need to feel like individuals? Why is that important? Because Hashem had a desire that people who feel like individuals should break their desires and create a dwelling place for Hashem. Okay. So and the good. ability for their... The ability for there to be that desire, the negativity, is only because Hashem is concealed within us. Very, very good. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Have a good night. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you.